Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, super pumped about this interview. The very first time I met Corey Clipson, the CEO of Give Bitcoin, and he told me about his idea for a new kind of onboarding application, I immediately loved it and I'm so excited that we got to bring him on here to talk to our audience about uh, what it is to give and receive the gift of Bitcoin. Before we get into the episode, we want to shout out to our sponsors, Haven App, uh, Haven Privacy on Twitter. Uh, Haven is an app that accesses uh, like uh, kind of an eBay, Amazon, Craigslist type service, uh, but you pay with exclusively crypto. And because you don't need to like connect your PayPal or your credit card, you also therefore don't need to sign up with an email or password. So that's pretty cool. Go to gethaven.app slash POV crypto and download the app there and you'll get five free dollars worth of your crypto to buy something on the app. Uh, and then you can go buy something that somebody else who is also a crypto person is selling. I've been really loving watching Haven emerge uh, and it's been cool to rep them on the podcast. Uh, we actually just brought on a, another sponsor of the podcast. This brand new sponsor, eToro, um, has committed to supporting POV Crypto for a long time. So I'm super excited to bring them on board and start exploring their products with you guys and talking about uh, the eToro app. I don't know if you guys know about eToro, but uh, for a long time, they have been a massive uh, kind of exchange and uh, financial services company that have brought uh, U.S.-based uh, equities over uh, abroad and 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 uh, given access to people outside of the U.S. Uh, they quickly jumped onto crypto and they have been offering crypto products super early on internationally and they are now bringing those services to the U.S. as well. So eToro is in the U.S. and their app is pretty cool. It's really trader centric and has a lot of different ways that you can trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and a lot of the other top cryptocurrencies. Uh, they are also kind of pioneering this really cool chat box inside the app, um, as well as what they're calling, uh, I think it's like copy trading, or uh, essentially what you do is you have your uh, amount of money that you're trying to invest in crypto, and you can just... Uh, you know, copy a professional trader that is on the eToro platform and do every trade that they do. Um, you pay a small fee for the privilege of copying their strategy, but at the same time, you know, if some of these guys are for real and uh, they're making real gains, you can get the upside of that kind of active strategy. Uh, there are a lot of other features inside the eToro app, and I personally just bought my first $100 worth of Bitcoin on it. Uh, and have just put it into my own personal wallet. So you can export your crypto from the application. Uh, if you guys join via b.tc backslash eToro POV, uh, you can get started on the eToro app. And super excited again to have them as a sponsor of POV Crypto. And without further ado, let's start talking about the episode. Corey Clipston from Give Bitcoin has created this very cool stepping stone for people that are not yet Bitcoiners to become Bitcoiners. Uh, and the way that he does this is he lets you buy Bitcoin, but doesn't let you uh, withdraw your Bitcoin. So it's good for sending Bitcoin to people who are not yet 
uh, have not yet gone down the rabbit hole, are not yet fully onboarded into the world of Bitcoin. Uh, and so it uses a hash time lock contract, I believe, to to lock up Bitcoin on the chain and make it inaccessible for one year of time. Uh, and then hopefully that Bitcoin has gone up over that one year. And so the, the rationale of the non-Bitcoiner to sell the Bitcoin uh, goes down because they think it can go up more. Um, that's the, that's the general thesis. Christian, what else did you like about this episode? Yeah, you know, essentially it's in exchange, but they got rid of all the selling features um, and they also attached an education feature. So uh, if you want to give Bitcoin to your mom, to your brother, whoever, someone who's not a Bitcoiner, but you don't want to trust them holding the Bitcoin until they got a little educated, you don't want to trust them to buy or sell or anything like that. Um, you give it to them via buy bi- or give Bitcoin. Uh, they get to receive the Bitcoin and then they receive monthly emails uh, with education kind of curated by Matt O'Dell and uh, Stefan Levera and other Saifedina Moose, other you know top educators in the Bitcoin space. Um, and then after one year, they get access to the Bitcoin and hopefully they've gone through the material and at least a little bit educated about, you know, how to use a wallet and why is Bitcoin important and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's just get into it. Uh, Corey had a lot of great things to say, but yeah, give Bitcoin with Corey Clipson. You guys, I'm super excited to bring you the other CK, Corey Clipston. Corey, welcome to POV Crypto. Great to be here, guys. So, Corey, uh, we met at, I think it was the Bitcoin Is Conference in LA, um, and you've been telling me a lot about what you're building over at Give Bitcoin, a super exciting company and something that I actually personally feel uh, very fond about a product that I feel very fond about just because I personally have tried to give Bitcoin and uh, it's a complicated process. Um, Corey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and you can just jump into uh, give Bitcoin. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll start with the headline, which is really give Bitcoin and we can back into the other stuff. But um, yeah, we're launching next week. Um, to get into it, we basically like to say uh, give plus time lock plus educate equals Bitcoiner. And um, essentially, this was just an insight that we had about six months ago uh, and started the company pretty much the next day um, after coming across so many problems uh, ourselves and then just hearing so many problems that people have had over the years of uh, basically the effort of trying to get someone you care about into Bitcoin. Um, And then, you know, like a lot of things, once you start diving in, you start to unpack all sorts of other issues that that a product you're building uh, can solve. And and we've just been listening to people and building in some of those features and understanding what this thing uh, could be. Um, But, yeah, I I think uh, I often tell this story just through kind of my own experience uh, personally and then also with some family members. Uh, Someone gave me Bitcoin back in January of 2014. And, uh, you know, not only did it not take, I didn't go and read the white paper and go down the rabbit hole like I freaking should have. uh, But I also lost the key and and don't have the Bitcoin. Uh, So I'm aware that there's some in a blockchain.com wallet from 2014. And I, uh, I don't have a password and I can't figure it out. So, um, so that sucks. And then, uh, you know, I did get into Bitcoin starting in uh, spring of 17. So, you know, coming up on two and a half years now, I've been, you know, down the rabbit hole and pretty passionate and 
you know, I spent about a year and a half, good solid, probably 17, 18 months trying to get my, uh, my parents to buy some Bitcoin. And it wasn't until March uh, that I finally uh, got them to buy some. And uh, yeah, so basically in April, I, I remember it distinctly because I was actually up in uh, your neck of the woods in San Francisco that day. I uh, did a happy hour and uh, after a couple of beers and then had one more whiskey on the flight home to uh, Los Angeles. And it just hit me. I was like, you got to time lock it. <laughs> that's the way to give somebody some Bitcoin and make sure that they don't, you know, trade it for ripple or, uh, or sell it for cash. And, uh, and then you can educate them while it's time locked and you have a much better shot at, uh, getting them to become a Bitcoiner by the time their gift unlocks. So Corey, can you tell me a little bit about like what the in-app experience would look like for someone receiving Bitcoin? Yeah, really quite simple. You'll just get an email. So if you're going to give some Bitcoin, you uh, you basically just enter the email of the recipient and you'll get a notification. So let's just let's just say pick somebody in your life, just a first name that you want to give some Bitcoin to. Let's just say Jenny. Okay, so Jenny. I often use Jenny too. I don't know why. Everybody's <laughs> got a Jenny friend. Um, so Christian's going to give Jenny some Bitcoin. Uh, you basically just put in your, you know, your debit or credit card info uh, and the amount that you want to give her. U.S. dollar denominated. We do not allow you to give away your own Bitcoins. We want you to hold them forever <laughs> and only liquidate dirty fiat for a beautiful orange coin. Um, so you'll buy Jenny some Bitcoin. She'll get an email that says, hey, you know, Christian's given you some Bitcoin. Uh, she signs up for an account, and then uh, only after she's accepted uh, does the does the transaction actually go through. Which is another nice thing we've heard because you can you know end up giving people Bitcoin on like a paper wallet or a USB stick or whatever, and you know a lot of times that just never gets accessed, and so it kind of just creates all this friction around giving. This way, at least, it's kind of like a double opt-in gift. See, so one of the the early motivations for you was so because uh, there's this period that people need to go through before they figure out what Bitcoin is and and the difference between Bitcoin and you know Litecoin. Um, can you do you have any like examples of of people that have gone through this time locked period and are there, are there like any success stories that you've have or like specifically from what you've created or other stories from about the world of, of Bitcoin that have kind of uh, helped you kind of connect that dot between um, you can't trust, just trust people with Bitcoins until they go down the rabbit hole. Any stories you can share? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. So from a product standpoint, again, we're launching next week. So uh, we'll be collecting user stories as we go. Um, we're also sort of early in the process of writing a book called, uh, the gift of Bitcoin, which is really interesting and just kind of like stories of, of 21 Bitcoiners and kind of how their lives change. The other thing we're doing is, um, is kind of just, uh, yeah, I mean, as we're, as we're coming across people, we're collecting their own stories of how they got into Bitcoin and, you know, sort of what their educational path was. And then also we're collecting, you know, essentially the stories and the tools and the tricks and tips of everyone that's tried to be or successfully been a Bitcoin evangelist in the past and sort of like what's worked for them. Um, so, you know, we like to think that our, our niche on the education side um, is specifically around new coiners. It's like the, the total noob and specifically one that actually has a relationship with someone that cared enough to give them some Bitcoin to help them with their on-ramp. Um, so it's really just focused on that. And that's kind of like the lens through which then we expand into the body of knowledge that's already been created and is constantly been being created by some of the, the top thinkers in the space. 
Corey, why are you so passionate about giving Bitcoin and making people into quote unquote Bitcoiners? Well, for me, this is actually just about how to speed Bitcoin adoption globally as fast as possible and also to sort of de-risk that path and make sure that it actually happens. And, you know, I just think that this is one of those vectors that could have a really big effect on it. There are a lot of people that like to evangelize about Bitcoin. Um, you know, I, I often see this as, as being for people that are that are that enjoy being passionate about something and enjoy spreading the word, you can feel better about spreading Bitcoin than just about anything that's ever existed. It's kind of like, I often make the joke, it's kind of like CrossFit circa 2009, but times 10 or times 100. I mean, there were just CrossFitters proselytizing that everywhere 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, and I was probably one of those uh, annoyingly, according to my wife. But, uh, <laughs> you know, now it's like, I mean, you just can't you shut Bitcoiners up about Bitcoin. You just can't shut a Bitcoiner up about Bitcoin. You really just can't. And so I think of this as like a really good tool in the toolbox or an arrow in the quiver and something that you can leverage when when it's helpful. You know, one of the other things I was, I was mentioning how once you get into the mode of, of listening to people and, and thinking about your products and solving problems, like we've really realized what we think is going to be probably even bigger is going to be people that want to get Bitcoin. And so people essentially being able to sign up and putting Bitcoin on their wish list and telling their friends and family and their social network followers that they want to get Bitcoin for their graduation, wedding, whatever. And this kind of means that, you know, really passionate younger people who have, you know, the greed motive and want to stack some sats, might be millennials or Gen Z or even younger, uh, will be reaching out to boomers and, you know, saying like, hey, I don't want a bike. I don't want a sweater. I don't want socks. I don't want your dirty U.S. dollars. I want Bitcoin. And, you know, we're hopeful that that actually opens some eyes and, and starts some conversations and, and pulls in some people that might otherwise, you know, have to wait until they die. As a lot of Bitcoin authors say, it's like, you know, we're going to need this generation, the older generations to leave before Bitcoin gets fully adopted. And, you know, we're not giving up on our parents and uncles and aunts. <laughs> so Corey, I, I see you going after what I think is actually the hard problem of crypto is, which is convincing non-crypto people to come to crypto. Um, you know, when you go in and you listen to these podcasts from, from people that are coming from all over the world, they tell about their origin story and everyone's origin story was like, yeah, I was this person that was like primed and ready to believe in Bitcoin or, or crypto. And then I came to crypto and now I'm in it. And we are yet to find like stories where people were like, yeah, I was a, you know, a, a literature major who traveled the world and meditated. Uh, and now I fell in love with Bitcoin. Uh, like we haven't, we haven't really, like, I'm sure we could find some of those types of people, uh, but we haven't really gone to hit the generic, uh, the generic populace yet. And I think that's the big thing that's holding the crypto industry back at, in large, because like, it's so hard to convince the people that aren't like economically minded or, yeah, you know, you know, aren't gold bugs or libertarians. Like once we hit the average people, the people that, you know, follow Taylor Swift on Instagram, excuse me for bashing on Taylor Swift fans, but um, like that's, I, I envision that's kind of what you're going after. So have you thought about like kind of the challenges of, of bringing the, the, what you your target audience, which is like the non prime yeah. people? Yeah, sure. Well, so 
first off, I don't actually accept the premise, but then I'll address it. Um, yeah, and that's just because I, I, I do think that, I mean, we're talking about money and money is half of every transaction and everybody has money and uses money. So it's one of these things like everybody thinks they're a real estate expert, like by definition. And I, dude, I used to make this joke all the time, by the way, when I first got in the space after about a year, year and a half, it seemed like no matter what you were into leading up to that, you would always have this story about your crypto birthday or like your crypto origins or whatever. And it could be, I used to make the joke. It was like, Hey, well, I was, I was a yogi and I was an accountant. And so like Bitcoin, you know, or I was like, you know, I was, mm uh, into, you know, music and, <laughs> and whatever. And so I, I actually think it is one of those things where people get into it for whatever reason, and then they back justify it, mm, you know, so like I, I study, I study history and, you know, I have a finance MBA and I build tech companies. And so of course I'm going to end up in the space, right. like okay, just natural. Enough. Right. But, but I have a ton of friends that look just like me and I see them all over the internet and they're not doing this and don't get it. Mm -hmm. You know, we just got to go and reach everybody. I'm not going to discriminate. I always say this on Twitter. Bitcoin has mass appeal. Just the masses don't know it yet. So it's just a slow process of the information diffusing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you've seen anything, you know, I don't know if you ever have gone down like the taco pleb rabbit hole on Twitter, but shout out to those toxamaxies. But, um, you know, they, there are plenty of folks in that, in that group, which is a very loosely connected group that I would, you know, say are, are proud to be sort of of the mass audience that just happened to have discovered Bitcoin. And, you know, they just want to stack their 6.15 over time if they can. So what's the uh, monetization strategy? Or is there one? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, just transaction fee on the way in. So mm -hmm. we've, we've got what we think is, is a fair price, you know, considering the, the time lock and the education, we're coming out at 2%. And we think that'll be just fine given the value offered. Mm -hmm. Coinbase just raised the rate, right? <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I mean, my, my, my hope is that this thing goes really, really wide. And we're thinking about some ways of, you know, make, we're kind of launching as a one-to-many platform. But, you know, if we have some, some uptake and this thing starts to, to go a little bit, we're going to really quickly try to advance it to be more of like a many-to-many -many platform. So we'll, you know, hopefully over time start to create educational resources that people can actually use and go and like pitch at meetups or, you know, get a group of people together, like a, like a Tupperware party and talk about Bitcoin and then like actually share, you know, referral style or affiliate style and, you know, split our fees with them for everybody that they sign up and everybody, they, those people sign up. So that's one thing we're kind of kicking around right now is how you can, you know, essentially spread this worldwide and let lots of people actually, you know, stack some sats by, by evangelizing Bitcoin. So do you, do you guys technically operate like an exchange or how does that work? There's no selling. Right. But <laughs> so, well, somebody, so we just selling. have a payment. Well, we just where's have that payment. Bitcoin coming from? We just have, Oh, so we just buy Bitcoin uh, right now, just once a day, uh, our payment processor buys Bitcoin and, and doles out the, uh, the Bitcoin to the accounts that have signed up on that given day. Okay. okay. Or that, who's, that who's has been gifted Bitcoin that day. If I can ask. Uh, I'll keep that under wraps for now. Okay. Um, but happy to talk about our, our, uh, our custodian on the back end is prime trust. Okay. Which is the same custodian used by Binance us and will be in OKX and half the funds and projects in the space. It seems like. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So is the goal is, is this your full-time job? 
This is my full-time job. Yeah. Okay. And how big is your guys' team? Uh, six people working on it pretty heavily. Um, okay. Very distributed, very crypto. We're uh, mm -hmm. Seattle, Hawaii. I'm sorry, not Seattle anymore. Sorry, Miami, New York, Chicago, Hawaii, Orange County, and uh, mm -hmm. Calabasas, which is where I am. Oh, me and Christian went to school in Southern Orange County. California. Together. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a really active uh, Orange County Bitcoin meetup, and uh, several of them are investors and advisors, and our uh, head of marketing, Brian Harrington, is... Uh, is an OC meetup guy. I've actually been really loving what the LA Bitcoin scene has been kind of evolving into, into. And I know Brian and Steven and some of those other folks in OC are really leading the charge. So that's super exciting. I kind of want to dig in a little bit more about why are you trying to, you know, kickstart or, uh, or, you know, catalyze mass Bitcoin adoption. Like it, it seems like a given that Bitcoiners want more people to get into Bitcoin and want Bitcoin to succeed. But why, why is that important yeah. to you? Like, I really want to dig into that, Corey. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, it's funny, man. I, I, uh, I think the first time that I read Safe's book, I was like, I wish you'd just take the middle chapters out. And I just wanted like, you know, the, the history of money and then the stuff about Bitcoin. And I didn't want all the, <laughs> the middle about, you know, making the world better. And I, I just didn't quite get the point about the low time preference stuff and kind of what that can do. So, so that's part of it. It really is sort of about what it can do for individuals. And this is kind of what the, the thesis behind uh, The Gift of Bitcoin, the book that we're putting together is like those stories of people improving their lives because they have, you know, really just like something that's inspired them to believe that they have more to live for. So on a personal level, that's kind of where I am. Um, you know, globally, I, I mean, these are not my original arguments, but I can tell you some of my favorites. I mean, really just having a check on authoritarianism and, you know, sort of the tyranny of the printing press and all of the things that, you know, all of the ways that that sort of like steals, steals power and actual money from populations around the world and how unjust that is. So I really think that there's nothing, there's literally, if you want to change the world, this is the strongest lever that we have. And it's probably the strongest lever that people have had against tyranny and against government misbehavior probably in history. Um, so if you're not sort of like super inspired by that, I don't know what gets you out of bed. Um, and then if you want to think, you know, just sort of like from an economic standpoint, you know, putting on my, you know, nerd finance hat or whatever, like, um, you know, the bigger the market, the, the more surplus created and the, the more we pull people out of poverty. And so if you can, sort of remove friction from all these sort of essentially like barter at every border uh, with all the different currencies. And if you can, you know, be in, you know, Ghana or Florida and not have to think about, you know, the central bank policy of the EU because you have a distributor in Poland or you have some customers in Vietnam. Now you don't have to think about the dong exchange rate. Like it's just so much easier if you can basically have this, this one global currency. Um, and I, I, I was obviously spurred by some of the Bitcoin economists to look deeper into the Bell of Hope and the Industrial Revolution. And, you know, it, it, it does seem to be the dominating factor of that explosion of, of innovation and lifting people out of poverty and the increase in global trade probably was that that was the, the short 60, 70 year period up until the creation of the Fed, where we really did have a pure gold standard around the world. Um, where you can just pretty much go anywhere and, and know what things cost and do business with pretty much anybody. So I think it'll be pretty magical if we can bring the Bitcoin standard about. Corey, it sounds like you pretty much just said Bitcoin fixes everything. 
like, can we, can we dig in a little bit to this, like, uh, this golden, this golden standard era and kind of tease out, um, the prosperity that happened in, you know, these years and why gold enabled that? Well, I'll give you, huh, it's funny. I, I was just talking to, uh, Joe from, uh, Unchained a couple hours ago and I mentioned, uh, it was just talking again at kind of a personal level. You could say, uh, you know, money doesn't solve all your problems. It just solves your money related problems. <laughs> so like Bitcoin doesn't solve every problem, but for, for humans on the globe, for 7.5 billion people, it will solve our money related problems. And specifically, not like whether you have enough or not, but specifically it solves the problems with our money. Money related problems is a lot of problems. A lot of problems can be traced back to money. Yeah. I mean, half of every transaction, right? And it's, it's kind of like how we organize society and it's how we decide, you know, how to put, you know, capital and labor to good use. You got to have, got to have sound money. So Bitcoin has a bunch of metaphors that explain, explain it. And one of my favorite metaphors is that uh, Bitcoin actually has zero inflation, but it's just in its uh, equal distribution phase where like the Bitcoin mining is like sprinkling out Bitcoin all over the world um, slowly and slowing, slowing down. And I actually kind of see what you're doing, Corey, is uh, another little sprinkler inside of the big sprinkler, which is Bitcoin. And so Bitcoin gets put out into the world and some of that is going to go through your app, through your, through your product and then out to the world at large. Um, is that kind of how you see it as well? Yeah, I mean, our, our internal rallying cry with our team and our investors and advisors is, is like super ambitious. Um, you know, our, our goal is to take a million Bitcoins out of circulation. Um, you know, that's not a consumer facing message because I don't think people would care about that or necessarily know what that could mean. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean that we want to have a million Bitcoins under custody. What we want is for the network of new coiners that are sort of created by you know, our scaled evangelism platform, we want those people to get Bitcoin. They, we want them to get educated and we want them to turn around and start smashing by and to know that they're supposed to be hodling um, and to really want to do that and, you know, to buy a hundred times more than they were ever gifted. Corey, can you talk a little bit about like the, so again, you kind of said like the email process when someone uh, is gifted get Bitcoin. But what happens after that? Like, do they download an app? Uh, what What are the tutorials and lessons? Like, how are you going to, mm-hmm. you know, brainwash these people into becoming ravaging Bitcoiners? Well, we're going to brain clean them by... Uh, <laughs> um, so, no, we, we think about it as uh, as doling it out over a year. So we, we're doing the 12 lessons of Bitcoin, and it's it's basically sort of like 12 well, well-sculpted and well-ordered modules. Um, as we finish it, we're going to launch, uh, I believe, with three of them done. Um, but the first one won't actually come out until our first our first uh, recipients have uh, been holding for one month. Um, so I'd say sometime in November, the very first one will go live, and that's when the learn section of our site will go will go live. It's all just web app, by the way. So it's just at the URL. We don't we don't aren't planning on an iOS app or an Android app. Um, and so when people get excited. And if you really like the first chapter and you read on to the second, um, you know, the whole curriculum is going to be available. We should have the entire thing done by December, um, hopefully just before Christmas. Um, so if somebody wants to read ahead and, and watch the videos and, you know, just kind of like 
rip through the whole curriculum and, and they absolutely can and they can get into the deeper chapters where they're learning about hardware wallets and self-custody and multi-sig and running nodes and kind of a lot of the more you know privacy technologies and, and coin joins and wasabi and all that kind of stuff um, that'll be in the later chapters um, but you know if we can just get them interested enough to to go down the rabbit hole whether with our curriculum or with a lot of the links that we'll have in there that that lead to to other great resources like Nakamoto Institute or their Gigi's 21 Lessons of Bitcoin or Andreas' early YouTube videos or whatever it is, we're going to have a lot of different ways for people to, to start down the rabbit hole. But what we do know is that along with their account statement every month, which they're probably going to be opening because it's money in their email, they're also going to be getting an education module. So we always have a chance to hook them and pull them back in every month during that year. Cool. What do you think is the most pivotal lesson or the most important lesson that you guys are teeing up? I think the the deeper aha moment for most people that I come across is really when you can get somebody to question the nature of money. This thing that's everywhere and around us all the time, but that we uh, either take for granted or just were never schooled on or just didn't quite understand for the most part. Like, because, you know, classical economics, which now is, uh, you know, <laughs> in modern use called Austrian economics, but is really just like the classical tradition of 5,000 years of economic thought. It is so rarely taught in schools. Um, you really just had to get lucky with like a friend or an uncle or a colleague or somebody to, to pull you into that. Um, and so if you can kind of like get people to think about money and think of it as a, a good that ought to be sort of selected in an open competitive market, uh, I think that's a really good start. And then of course, you know, only 21 million as David says. <laughs> uh, so to, in, to make this conversation a little bit more general, um, how scalable do you guys think the whole Austrian economic side of, of things are? Like we're, we're trying to get people to question money and we're trying to get people to turn at least a little bit more Austrian, but I'm, I'm skeptical with like, and one of the reasons why I, I'm not totally on board with, with the whole Bitcoin train as much as other people are is because like, I just think that the difference between something that has 0% inflation and 0.25, yeah, like a quarter of 1% of one inflation, people aren't going to care about that. Like the Bitcoin and the crypto industry have pulled in people that care about that the most already. And so the people that do care about that are already in crypto the people that don't care about that aren't in crypto. And when they come to crypto, they're not really going to care like, oh, Bitcoin's 21 million and Ether is uh, issued by this algorithm. Like they're going to use whichever platform other people also use. And so I'm skeptical as to how far like the whole, everyone's going to believe in Austrian economics and everyone's going to believe in hard cap money. I'm, I'm skeptical with how, how far that actually scales. Uh, your guys' comments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know if it necessarily matters um, in the case of Bitcoin, because I think it will just win from here on out just because liquidity begets liquidity and it has like the strongest origin story. And it was able to sort of, you know, as, as I say, grow in the wild for four or five years before too many people were paying attention to it. And, you know, it's been proven to be <laughs> at the social layer, like incredibly immune to major changes like it is a very conservative you know governance structure for bitcoin um and i think that probably i mean i i have you know i guess one person's knowledge is characterized by somebody else's their beliefs but like 
I feel like I have an understanding and a knowledge that Bitcoin wins from here. Um, and so that is the inflation policy of the new global money. So like to me, it's kind of a moot point. And I think what that means for me is like, I think this, you know, 80 years under Keynesianism, you know, essentially gets washed out as an aberration as essentially, you know, the 2% of the time in the history of economics where we didn't understand economics for a while because, <laughs> you know, the money changers entered the offices and started stealing from everybody. Um, and we'll just go back to classical economics and, you know, what we, what we once called Austrian, now we're starting to understand was actually classical and pretty soon we'll just call it economics again. Corey, how did you personally discover Austrian economics? I know personally for me, it was definitely Bitcoin. I, you know, went to AP econ in high school, did business in, in college as well as communications, you know, took a handful of different econ classes, never once heard about, you know, subjective theory of, uh, of, uh, you know, preferences or value or whatever, and, and everything that, you know, kind of comes with Austrian economics. Can you kind of talk about your history there and why you find it to be truth? Um, well, it's not all right, right? Like there, there are plenty of things in, in, you know, Rothbard and Hayek where you can quibble with it. Um, so I think it's really like the things that, that appear to be true, given that Bitcoin exists, but mostly also exist in Austrian economic thought. Um, so there's just like a lot of overlap. I mean, it, it, there's no question that if, if Bitcoin does what it appears that it's going to do, then the Austrians were right. Um, you know, for me personally, it was kind of the same thing, like swings and misses. You know, my, my, my best friend in like freshman, sophomore year of college was like huge into Hayek and, it, you know, it didn't take. And then uh, like my social crew was, uh, you know, some, some traders in Chicago that were super into uh you know, libertarianism, and this is like, uh, kind of like 04 to 08, 09, um, just run around Chicago. And, and those guys were super heavy into, you know, at least Milton Friedman absent his views on, on money creation. He ended up being kind of like a monetarist, but at least the foundations of it are very similar to the Austrians. I also went to university of Chicago for grad school. So I certainly had plenty of conversations and opportunities to go further down the Austrian path. But yeah, for me, you know, I, I had I had read some of it and just not, I mean, the world that we lived in and doing, you know, consulting and banking and private equity and all of the industries I'd been involved in before getting into tech in 2011, like, you know, I was in a Keynesian world and it's really hard to see the matrix that you're in until somebody red pills you out of it, you know? Um, and yeah, until you see the light, you, then it all starts to connect and you're like, oh, that's why all those things were just unfair and annoying and unmotivating. Uh, so I, I remember I was reading on your website that you guys are going to take, uh, is it like, uh, 25% of your, of whatever 2% that 25% uh, of the 2% fee that you guys collect and, uh, hold it in Bitcoin. Can you kind of talk about that? um about that uh so I guess. first of all other ck you have access to a uh, a private dev site that is not public and uh that was just placeholder text um but i will kind of so i i'm we not cut that too promises. no it's fine it's fine no you should leave all of it in i don't, I don't like cuts on podcasts they come across as disingenuous but um so Right now, all, all of us except for one who has uh, New York rent to pay, uh, 
are are taking our little compensation, which isn't much, uh, in Bitcoin. Um, so that's that's one thing that's kind of fun. Um, and then yeah, we we're actually considering. I've got to have this conversation with uh, some of our investors and also our, uh, our lawyer and our uh, tax guy. But there's a decent chance that we will keep uh, most of our company's treasury, or at least maybe half of it, in Bitcoin and potentially. Uh, actually sequester maybe up to as much as like half of our revenue as it comes in. Um, maybe even in time locked Bitcoin and kind of just like dog food our own product and kind of ride with it. Um, at a minimum, <laughs> some of us, probably the three founders will be doing that. So we'll see. I don't know. It's, it, I have to have these conversations with our investors because they may prefer us to actually be using it for marketing to like bring in lots more revenue and things like that. So there's, there's probably like a happy medium where like it should be meaningful because it should actually matter to us that our Bitcoin is, is going through the same experience and we are going through the same experience as our customers. So at a minimum, like I'll do it personally and I'll probably leave it up to, I probably make our, my two co-founders do it. Um, and then the rest of the staff can like decide whether they want to or not. Wow. That's, that's amazing. As a Bitcoiner, like that's when you know that uh, incentives are definitely aligned there. Well, you know, one of the fun things that we're going to do, it won't be live next week, but I think probably by the, by the end of the month or sometime in November, uh, I love it when people, you know, smash by and stack some stats and then post the screen um, on Twitter as, as sort of proof. Uh, we're going to be able to have you like, you know, share to social that you not only, you know, gave somebody some Bitcoin or got some Bitcoin or bought some Bitcoin for yourself, but you also time locked it. It's like proof of HODL. Do you see people using give Bitcoin to give Bitcoin to themselves? I probably would. Yeah. I mean, cause you like, I don't, did you see this chart? I, I can't remember who posted it. I think Vortex posted it last month. I don't think it was his, but it was, uh, it was a candle chart, but the candles were having periods. Uh, I did not and just see like that. how explosive it is. It if you hold, it's great. Yeah. So like basically it just showed, you know, 2012 to 20 it showed you know 2009 to 2012 12 to 16 and then 16 through today and like these are just like big fat green candles on a you know a, a log 10 chart and like does anybody really believe that we're not going to be up from 2020 to 24 like significantly i mean nobody in bitcoin thinks that we're going down from 2020 to 24 you know, yeah, and you certainly could have a one-year time lock and maybe you're in the red in a 12-month period. It gets much, much less likely if you're holding for two years and it just gets like less and less likely as the holding period is longer. Yeah, I could see people actually locking it up for themselves. We're actually going to have um, self-purchase as well. So if somebody wants, you know, somebody gets on the platform because they gave or receive and they just want to buy some Bitcoin for themselves, like we're absolutely just like a self-on-ramp too. And I think right out of the gate, it's time lock only um, just because we haven't uh, finished the, the BTC withdrawals because we didn't think we were going to have to yet. But, you know, sometime in the next month or two, we'll actually have the BTC withdrawals so people can just use it and, and buy Bitcoin through our platform as well. So right if, somebody has, if somebody has a, a time lock with you guys, can they just keep on throwing more and more funds in there? Does time locking work like mm -hmm. that? Yeah, yeah. So the way we do that is like, if you, so you can do DCA with us as well. So you can dollar cost average and just set up a recurring buy. You can also set up a recurring gift. Um, but whatever that recurring gift is, the time lock starts with the first installment. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't kick out when you can un unlock it. That's right. So yeah, if you, if you had a, you know, a 52 week 
installment and you time locked it for a year, you would get all of it at the end of the year after mm-hmm. buying every week. Man, you are going to make some strong hodlers. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see this in 2021 when things are ripping. I think you mean Q1, don't you? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we're rip- Listen, man, we're going to be live for Christmas. I think this is going to spark, the, uh, mm-hmm. spark the, the next little rally here. <laughs> hey, is last it- time it was Bitcoin 2019, so it can be you guys this time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was the difference between being at, what was it, the, I think a Tuesday night or something at Bitcoin 2019, and we're at the after parties and it's 13.8. It went up like $1,000 <laughs> in the last hour of being out. It was, uh, you know, young drinks were bought. Bitcoin in the streets. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Contrast that with, uh, you know, uh, the first day at uh, Crypto Springs was, uh, was like a 1,100 point drop or something like that last week. <laughs> pretty brutal there's nothing better than being at a bar with a bunch of bitcoiners after bitcoin just went up by like one like 25 percent over the last two weeks <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that was the whole conference it was an amazing <laughs> experience but uh cory thanks so much for coming on and telling us about bitcoin is or sorry jesus thank you so much for coming on and telling us about give bitcoin and why bitcoin is so important to be giving um, personally, I'm super excited for this. I will be trying it out for Christmas. None of my friends and family will be getting anything but Bitcoin this year. It's so easy with you guys. So uh, excited to see it. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see it live and, and just get going. Um, Corey, where can people find you online? Yeah, so I'm just uh, Corey Clipston on Twitter. Uh, I am, I'm old, so I actually have a, a pretty active LinkedIn presence as well <laughs> if you want to be not cool. We also have Instagram and YouTube, um, so we can just give you all the links and put them in there. And we're, we're posting on Medium as well and have a pretty active blog. I don't know. You can, you can also just sort of like see us active on Twitter. And a lot of our advisors uh, post about us quite a bit. So you'll see like, you know, Stefan Levera and Jan Pritzker and Safety and the Rabbi and, and these guys talking about us quite often. Very cool. Very cool. Christian, want to close give this Bitcoin.io. Oh, yeah. Give Bitcoin.io. Yes. You guys, check out there Big... Check out givebitcoin.io. Also check out the podcast at POV CryptoPod. Check me out at CK underscore Snarks. David. You can find me both on Medium and on Twitter at TrustlessState. Thanks everyone for listening. Corey, thanks for coming on. Five star reviews. Five star reviews. Thanks guys.